Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Horn Call Podcast. This is episode 23 for the month of June 2022. Uh, I hope that wherever you are, things are going well for you, both in your horn playing and life in general. Uh, We have a very special guest today, and uh, uh, I'd like to tell just a little bit of a story about my my relationship with this guest. I've known who uh, Randall Faust is for a long time. Uh, I first met him about 10 years ago, and uh, he's been such a, a warm, friendly, and, and wonderful influence. You know, uh, as, as horn players and musicians, we uh, have a special relationship with our private teachers, of course, and our colleagues and, and fellow students of the horn. But then there are folks that you meet who aren't necessarily your, your teachers in a formal sense, but they are your mentors and supporters and encouragers, colleagues, and then eventually friends. And I, I certainly count Randall Faust among those. Uh, For many, many years, he was the horn professor at Western Illinois University, uh, host of the um, Western Illinois Horn Festival. Um, He's been a past president of the International Horn Society. He is an honorary member and uh, uh, just an all-around fantastic guy. Um, Today, we are talking about the International Horn Society's Composition Contest, which is open now for submissions. Uh, The deadline to submit is uh, December 1st of 2022. And uh, I I wanted to talk to uh, Randy today about uh, just all things related to this competition, the history of it, how things got going with this, uh, you know, venerable tradition of the Horn Society. Uh, It's been going now since about 1979, so over 40 years. It's not necessarily every year, but uh, a, a regular occurrence. Uh, I think we, we, we cover a, a lot of different topics, but I think the bottom line with this competition is that if you have something uh, for horn in your uh, in your composition uh, catalog, or if you're contemplating writing something for horn that fits with the, the categories, uh, make sure you do it. Um, the, the entrance fee is very minimal. Um, it just covers the, the overhead of running the competition. Uh, the judges are uh, knowledgeable and uh, the submissions are anonymous. So there's uh, no preference to a particular composer or pedigree or, you know, anything like that. So you can be assured that it's going to be run uh, in an equitable way. Uh, So without further ado, here's my conversation with Randall Faust about the IHS Composition Contest. Uh, I'm I'm so glad you're here today. I'm really excited to talk to you about the IHS Composition Contest. Well, I'm honored to be uh, with you today. Uh, this has been an interesting project uh, for over four decades now, and I was very lucky uh, to be invited by Gail Cheesebro, who was the coordinator of the Composition Contest, uh, to start participating in it. Uh, well, actually, my first official participation as one of the, the judges uh, for the uh, 1981 composition contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the categories then was works for horn and electronic media, and that had been an area of my interest at that particular time and had written a number of pieces that, that way. And so uh, I was tapped to be one of the judges and also Gilbert Trithall, who had written a book 
on electronic music, who was a professor at West Virginia University at the time, and Tom Hutchison, uh, who was a professor at that time at uh, Middle Tennessee State mm -hmm. University and also composer of uh, music for horn and electronic media. And so uh, that, that was sort of my, my entry point. And then about, uh, you know, the, one of the pieces that won was this uh, piece by Francis Chan uh, for uh, horn and uh, electronic tape, as, as we called it in, in those days. And, uh, and you know, I copied the actual real, real tape and, and, uh, uh, and of course, the mechanics of the contest then, too, people would submit, they would submit the uh, scores. Uh -huh. They would submit uh, real to real tapes of the recordings. Oh, my goodness. And, and of course, in this case, uh, he also sent along a recording of just the electronic part. Mm -hmm. uh, and all the participants in that particular division did. There was also like an ensemble division, things like that as well, too. But uh, so that meant that like when I got my materials uh, and Gail Cheesebrough was dealing with all the materials that came in, a huge box that held the scores and the big real, real, real tapes and all this. And of course, uh, I don't know. I think the, the Horn Society... Uh, that must have been a big chunk of their budget. Just uh, at least the budget for the contest was to take care of mailings for for all that sort of stuff. For the judges, but but it, it was uh, quite quite the thing. And then uh, about a year or so later, uh, you know, the things had come out in the Horn Call and in the articles and and all this. And I got this phone call from Gail, and uh, she says, "Well, uh, James Winter, who had become mm -hmm. the president at that time." said, well, we need to have some performances of, of these pieces, and we'd like to have you play this piece uh, at the next Horn Workshop, uh, which is in Charleston, Illinois, at, at that time. Uh, it was in the 1983 workshop. And <laughs> so that, that was uh, uh, an interesting thing. It's sort of like it teaches you a lesson. Uh, be careful what you ask for, you might get it. Because <laughs> I, I uh, had a chance to play this piece, uh, and it was a great piece, and uh, I grew a lot as a player in order to, to, to do that. Uh, and, of course, I was getting it ready for that workshop, uh, and I played it on several recitals where I was teaching at the time, Auburn University, mm -hmm. and then a number of other workshops. And, and whenever I had a chance to uh, go somewhere else and play, uh, Marvin Johnson, who is a composition professor at the University of Alabama, uh, was a great colleague and supporter of a lot of things I was doing. And, and, and so uh, I, I played it over there amongst other places. So, uh, so that, that's it. It's uh, uh, you get involved like this. And that's something I encourage a lot of the, the horn society members to do, to, to get involved one way or the other, because it can uh, lead to a lot of interesting things that way. Uh, and then, uh, of course, then I was asked to write some articles on that line. And the next thing I knew, I was uh, doing reviews uh, of new music for the Horn Call, uh, stuff that, that uh, Gail Cheesebrough had started. And, and she's one of these people that uh, some people might not know about, but she was uh, one of the people that made things happen. She and Philip Paul uh, were sort of the co-founders of the Southeast Horn Workshop mm -hmm. about that time. And... Uh, 
Uh, of course, you're quite familiar with Philip Paul. Yep, he was the Horn professor at Appalachian State University, which is where I did my undergrad. He he had actually retired by the time I, I got there, but I, I certainly uh, knew of his name and had you know saw as often happens when the professor retires, you 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 see scores and things with their stamp on it uh, that circulate through the Horn Studio because they've been generous and donated a lot of their materials to the to the studio that way. So, so yeah, uh, there, there's some, some great things that were happening in the Southeast at that time, very creative uh, activities, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a very active area for, for horn players. I, I think in part to, because of people like Gail Cheeseborough and Phil Paul, and, uh, of course, the weather in the Southeast is such that you can drive <laughs> – in March <laughs> to, to uh, other yep. places to a workshop where it's a little bit harder in some other parts of the country. So that's or, uh, true. Sports that goes to, so. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to, if, if we can, uh, Randy, I want to step back just a little bit and, you know, we mentioned sort of the early days of the composition contest, those who maybe uh, let's just say, or who are of a more recent vintage might not know just the, the history of, of the whole contest. It, it's got started in 1979. Um, yes. And if, we don't have to get you know super deep into the the weeds here, but do you remember what sort of the impetus was to to start something like that? And I kind of I kind of have an idea of it, but it would be great to get it you know from you if you remember any of the early conversations about you know what what would be the reason for starting something like this. Well, let me make a quick plug. There's this wonderful book. Absolutely, yeah. The National Horn Society, the first 50 years that uh, uh, Jeff Snedeker did a great job of compiling in, in the whole detailed stories there. Uh, but let me just sort of summarize. In the very beginning, that was some of the things that they were interested in the very beginning uh, of the, the Horn Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after a couple of years of just sort of getting things organized and getting the, the workshops uh, going, there were a couple of committees that uh, organized the idea of maybe – having a contest mm-hmm. and uh i think doug hill's line was uh, uh to have this contest that would provide new and successful repertoire for the horn uh to encourage emerging composer to feature the horn with all its versatility and new words and three to encourage all horn players and horn teachers to investigate and perform new repertoire and and so some of these people uh who are some of the founders of the horn society that was one of the, the ideas. And finally, uh, in 1979, they had the very first contest. And uh, as I was mentioning, uh, Gail Cheesebro was the coordinator mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and, and she tells the story of, uh, well, the whole business of getting judges together to, to judges this thing. And so the three judges that year were Alfred Reed, oh, goodness. Aklav Nellibel, and Carl Husa. And they were all going to be at the Midwest Band Clinic in Chicago uh-huh. that year around Christmas time when, when that takes place. And I know you participated in that, uh-huh. so you know about that. And so Gail took a tape recorder, big real real sure. tape recorder, and the scores and everything. And they met in their hotel room uh, there uh, in one afternoon and evening. And they went through all the scores, all the recordings and all that. And uh, they picked uh, the winners uh, for that particular time. And uh, then in 1980, at the big workshop at Indiana University, they were all premiered. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember that also. 
because I was at that, that workshop in 1980, which was great. Uh, but earlier that year, uh, I, was, I was teaching at Shenandoah Conservatory in Virginia at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, they had a big band clinic there, you know, like a lot of our schools do. Right. And the guest composer was Vaclav Nellybell. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I got to be the guy that drove him back to the airport on Sunday evening after the whole weekend was over. Right. And so I'm asking him questions. You know, uh, he was uh, one of the big band composers of that particular area. And all yeah. yeah. He says, what do you do? I said, well, I teach horn and composition and all that. He says, horn. He says, I was just on the uh, committee judging the works for the International Horn Society Composition Contest. Mm-hmm. And, and he started singing the tune from uh, David Stanhope's uh, Horn Players Retreat and Pumping Song. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was so excited about that. Uh, and and uh, here you are. Yeah. And, and and he was singing that, and that took us halfway back to the airport in Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, that that piece brings back so many good memories of you know. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's such a good one. If if you don't, if people listening, if you don't know that one, uh, you got to check that out. That's the Horn Players Retreat and Pumping Song. It's uh, I've I've actually done the just the pumping song by itself, but the, you know the slow intro is also uh, it, it works well as well with the the fast the fast part of it. But uh, yes, yes, uh, and and of course in that particular uh, contest they had uh, other categories. Uh, you know, works for uh, horn and voice, mm-hmm. uh, for example. And there was a piece by Donald Grantham, La Noche in La Isla, for baritone horn and piano. That was a winner. And Donald Busaro's Death Be Not Proud for soprano horn and piano. And, uh, of course, those oh. appear, appeared in the uh, uh, horn call, uh, re- nice reviews by Gail Cheesebro. Uh-huh. And then uh, another piece uh, that was the... Uh, uh, Honorable mention in that particular year was uh, Stephen Winterig's pastiche. Mm-hmm. I know that piece. Yeah. For horn ensemble, and uh, uh, now that, that's interesting too because uh, here's a work along with the the, the David Stanhope uh, that have become pretty much standards as far mm-hmm. as horn ensembles. Uh, every university horn ensemble sooner or later uh, plays some of those, and, and the various yep. other you know horn clubs. Uh, around the world mm-hmm. well so uh you know some of the things that uh, were the very first winners or honorable mentions have, have gone on to become some standards that yeah. way yeah um if you could uh, maybe for any composers who've who've stumbled across this podcast uh and might be thinking about uh entering something into this composition contest for for this year the 2022 um could you give me a, a brief uh, overview of the structure of the contest? You know, there's a couple of different divisions, and then there are specific, you know, instrumentations. And uh, if you if you want to share a little bit about that, you don't have to get super detailed because all of that information is available online. But what what would be some nice hooks to get uh, potential composers interested in submitting something? Well, uh, of course, yeah. Hornsociety.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, go there and, and look under the composition tab, and there'll be a section there for the composition contest. And uh, we have basically two divisions. We uh, have a feature division, 
in a virtuoso division. And uh, we do this because uh, we have a certain number of people in our uh, society who are virtuosos to some of the greatest players you're going to find in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 soloists and, and members of uh, major orchestras and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, but we also have a great number of people, say, like who are up-and-coming students mm -hmm. or uh, amateur players. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple of big horn clubs around the country I, I know of uh, on, on the different coasts, <laughs> shall we say. One I visited a couple years ago down in San Diego, and uh, it's a group called the Hornswoggle. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Doug Hall, who is a horn player with the San Diego Symphony, uh, uh, organizes it, and, and they meet at a church in downtown San Diego, and uh, I had lunch with a, a guy who's a lawyer by mm -hmm. profession, who, who is uh, very active in that, that group, and they do a lot of performances which are just, uh, how should I say, uh, community service. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. community and engagement, so, and yeah, yeah. So, so we have two divisions, this feature division, where anybody, uh, any member of the Horn Society should be able to play the piece. Right, and, right. And then, then the virtuoso division, uh, where there's no difficulty uh, uh, limitation on that. Right. And, and, and so uh, that's what we're uh, doing is to, to accommodate sort of the, the different levels of players and different interests. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes, too, uh, somebody who's a virtuoso player is doing a big recital, and in between the big piece, say, for horn and electronic media and a mm -hmm. major concerto uh, they're going to play, they want something uh, that gives them and, and also the audience a chance to, to rest <laughs> musically for a second. And, and so uh, I remember, for example, uh, one of our founders, Philip Farkas, always liked to uh, play pieces like the uh, uh, romance uh, of Camille Saint-Saëns, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which, you know, uh, very young players, amateurs, all this can play that technically, uh, but a great player likes to play it too because it's a good piece. And, and, yeah. and so yeah. we, we try to cultivate uh, different uh, levels that way. So, so a person can, who uh, wants to apply, just go to the, the Horn Society website. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a project in mind uh, or maybe uh, in the works uh, that is, uh, say, something of more moderate difficulty, take a look. Every year we rotate that featured division. Mm -hmm. This particular year is pieces for horn and keyboard instrument. Now, keyboard can be piano, organ, mallet percussion. Any sort of keyboard instrument, right. that, even, that's a, even harpsichord, <laughs> even harpsichord, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, or or uh, uh, electronic keyboard, whatever. right, right. That does, but but the idea is that there's something that uh, the average horn player could play, or somebody more advanced. Then the featured, uh, shall we say, the virtuoso division. Uh, the categories are for for solo, that is unaccompanied horn, uh, horn with vocal ensemble. Uh, Horn with a, a chamber ensemble. Uh, uh, a horn uh, is a, uh, say, soloist with a large ensemble, like a concerto or something like mm -hmm. that. And uh, there's a you know pretty wide range of possibilities there within the virtuoso division. And and we've had a lot of interesting works like that. Uh, one of the uh, honorable mentions of, of this. Uh, uh, 
last contest was actually a concerto for horn and orchestra uh, by Aaron J. Kernis, uh-huh. uh, a Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, a, a, a beautiful piece that uh, was written of, of, for, amongst others, John Bowen, mm-hmm. uh, who's the uh, principal hornist of the Chicago Lyric Opera. And the Grant and, Park Orchestra, yeah. And Grant yeah. Park Orchestra, yeah. yeah. And that, that piece was premiered there. Uh, and, and so we've had some really major pieces by major composers uh, that have become part of our, our project. Yeah. That way. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how does the committee arrive at the instrumentation for each time the composition contest occurs? Is there a, a set list you're working from, or do you kind of look at what is in the repertoire and maybe where things uh, could be developed more? I've, I've always been curious about that. Well, the, the idea is that we have these different categories, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then we rotate them. Okay, I see. Uh, like And like last time around, the 2020 contest the uh featured division work was for uh horn ensemble okay it's in the virtuoso division this, this right this so there's a schedule of uh this year this happens in these categories and so on and so forth right yeah okay it, because we know that uh how should i say uh, a composer when he's writing a piece or a commissioner when they're commissioning a piece uh don't necessarily check the, the Horn Society website first before they write the piece. Or <laughs> sure, <laughs> but, yeah, but somebody might, might be interested and in, in take it that way, you know. Uh, so, so we rotate that around uh, to try to open things up as much as you can and still have some sort of focus that makes it possible to judge. <laughs> yeah, I, well, okay. So I'm going to ask you some of the hard questions now, if you if you don't mind. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think makes a a good composition for the horn? What do you think are some of, uh, you know? And I know it's hard to to, to get into specifics because composition is you know it's so subjective. But as as someone who's seen probably thousands of these pieces come across your desk, uh, are there things that stand out to you about the way a com- a composition is put together that that make it Make it a good piece for horn. Well, yes, uh, and, and that's that's the critical thing in in, in this <laughs> this particular competition because uh, you could maybe submit a piece, say for horn and uh, I'll say chamber ensemble. That that opens up a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. It might be a really great piece, but say maybe the horn part isn't all that great. Uh, and so mm-hmm. even though the overall piece might be great, uh, and, and we've played a lot of orchestral pieces that way, right. uh, where the, the orchestra, you know, the, the symphony or the whatever the overture was, uh, was a great piece in many ways, but the horn part was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it's possible that a piece could be a prize winner in some other category, uh-huh. But maybe not a prize winner in this particular competition because it's right. and, and so uh, horn players would would know about that and uh, it, it has to be even the virtuoso pieces have to be playable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if if a, if a major player can't work it up within the, their schedule, uh, you know the it's not going to happen. And and so we also ask that the composers, that's part of the requirements for the, the competition, mm-hmm. uh, to submit a, a PDF of the score, right. and it has to have all of the identification marks on there. You, you know, you can't have your 
your name uh, embedded in the temple markings or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's anonymous. Yeah. It's totally anonymous. And then also uh, a recording. Right. Now, now sometimes composers say, you know, uh, I don't uh, have a horn player in my where I live or where like this. And, and so right. they'll submit. Uh, and of course, we're very fortunate right now, those of us who are composers, in that you can do uh, electronic simulations and, and, and uh, uh, have, have uh, a piece for, for, say, horn and orchestra with the uh, finale sound file uh, yeah. that you produce with it, and you can have a respectable representation of the piece. Right. It's yeah, not they're not bad. They're not bad. They certainly aren't as good as a live uh, yeah. recording, but they, yeah, the, the, the sample libraries are getting uh, more and more robust. <laughs> Exactly. And, and, and uh, composers, we, we all use those. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's very nice to be able to have that. Now, if I had recommendations uh, to uh, composers, I would say start collaborating with a horn player as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if there's a really fine horn player, uh, and, and I'll just say uh, at the nearby college or university, uh, wherever you might be, have them read through some of the stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that that will tell you something uh, right away. Uh, a, a little personal story: uh, you might be familiar with the works of William Presser, the late oh, yeah. William Presser, yeah. uh, and he has quite a few things for horn and piano. And uh, I recorded a bunch of them with Terry Lewis a few years ago, and uh, I knew him by way of Interlochen. He had also been a uh, professor. At University of Southern Mississippi, but he had a southern home, a, a summer home, shall we say, uh, at Interlochen on the lake. Mm -hmm. And he would come over now and then and have a piece. And uh, he said, could you read through this for me? And I said, sure. And so I, I, I play through it. Uh, and he said, Randy, that sounds really hard. <laughs> I said, well, Bill, it, it is. He says, it, is. it sounded really easy on the computer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've all seen finale uh, rendered parts that I'm sure they sound fantastic on the computer. And then you go to actually do it in real life and it doesn't doesn't happen the way you think it would. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we, we can go back to Mozart, Lutgeib, and, and uh, Punto, and Beethoven, and, and uh, mm -hmm. all the... The, the greats of the earlier area, that's a good example of collaboration right there. But right now, if a person has a nearby uh, horn player, uh, get them involved with a project. And of course, often that's how th these things get started. And I urge horn players to go talk to a favorite composer of yours that, it's, uh, that you're in touch with and, and uh, get them writing for you. And if you have a chance to you know, read through some of the spots beforehand. I'm sure the composer would appreciate it. And then oh, it's yeah. going to turn out to be a better piece. Uh, and I know that from my own experience, uh, that when people are able to, to play through it, and, and, and sometimes it might be hard, uh, but, you know, there's a difference between hard and impossible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And, and, yeah. and so, so we want to do that. Uh, and then you're more likely uh, to get uh, a better product and uh, come out better if there's some sort of sense of, of collaboration that way. Uh, yeah, and that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I think if 
if we could, so let's let's talk a little bit about. I mean, there are so many opportunities now, relatively speaking, compared to earlier in, in you know in the in the last century for composers to get recognition and win awards and and you know that sort of thing and, and build their career. What what might be some reasons for a composer to participate in the IHS composition contest? What are what are some incentives and and what might be some good things to come out of that for a composer? Well, uh, of course, we, we list uh, a cash prize of mm-hmm. uh, 1250 uh, for the winning person in, in that winning composition in that particular category. Uh, uh, but the uh, advisory council uh, for, for a number of years now has, has made allowances, I think even going back to the very first one, for honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... You know, there's a limitation on money. Doesn't matter if you're a big foundation or a, a group like our, our, our Horn Society. Uh, but there's going to be some music that's submitted that's very good, but doesn't get that that pick. Right. And, and so uh, we make that allowance. And then and the other thing is we try. And this is this is one of the things that I've been involved with. Uh, since the early 80s, uh, when uh, uh, I uh, got involved with this, with the advisory council and, and James Winter asked me to uh, work on this project, we try to get the pieces played at a workshop, mm-hmm. if possible. You know, I mean, there's some things in terms of the dimension of the piece. Uh, it requires, a, you know, two orchestras and a partridge <laughs> and a pear tree. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. But, but uh if it's possible, we try to get a plate at a workshop, which mm-hmm. gives us some exposure. Uh, the winning piece and the uh, honorable mentions uh, get a review and a discussion in, in the horn call. Mm-hmm. And that goes out, uh, as you're quite aware, to, to thousands of people around yep. the world. Yep. <laughs> and then also, uh, then in one of the subsequent issues, we we also, uh, and we've done this now, this last time on the uh, website, mm-hmm. every piece that's submitted, the name of the composer, the composition, and their uh, address, contact information mm-hmm. is, is posted there. Because, you know, like this last time, we had 88 pieces submitted. That's wonderful. Uh, well, and, and some of these are by very major composers, mm-hmm. and some of them, you know, Good composers, people maybe you have never heard of, and, and uh, up and coming, and uh, great pieces. And so somebody, you know, will look at that list and say, "Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make up a name here, Doctor Smith." You know, he's, he lives in the next town over here, teaches at college. Right. Over, I'm going to call him up and see if he'll write a piece for me, or maybe I can get a hold of that piece he just sent into the Horn Society mm-hmm. uh, because. I have a trio for uh, horn, bassoon, and percussion, and we're looking for music. <laughs> and he just yeah. wrote one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so, yeah, uh, we try to get the word out about the composers and the pieces they've written because that that can help the composers and the, the horn players both. Yeah, and I will say one of my favorite things about going to any workshop of any size is hearing a piece I didn't know. 
you know, and, and you know, the, I'm sure you know this, the, the longer you do this, the more pieces you know, because you've just been around longer. And it's, it's so nice to hear a, a great piece for the horn that you didn't know before. And it gets you excited. And, you know, you're humming the tunes as you leave the hall. And you're like, oh, I got I got to find out if that's published. I need to find out more by that composer. And it's, it's happened to me dozens of times. And it's, it's, you know, it's what keeps me going back to those workshops. Yeah. And it could be something which is a really major piece mm-hmm. or it could be a piece that you're looking for something for that sophomore in your horn studio yeah. uh, who's not quite ready for this piece yet, but the piece they're working on, there's kind of past that. And, that, and if you want something that will fit in that niche there, or maybe that, that in-between piece that's coming up for their junior recital mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they need a contemporary piece to go along uh, with the movement of Mozart they're going to play, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, how do you all go about selecting the, the, the judging panel these days? You mentioned, you know, Carol Husa and uh, Vaclav Nelibel from early the early days, and, and how, how do you go about setting up the, the judging now? Well, well it's uh, there's some suggestions, and, and they're d- described in the, uh, the book Jeff Snedeker has. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we try to get people who uh, are substantial composers mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at different stages. Some are, are also horn players, too. For example, mm-hmm. uh, in 2014 competition, uh, uh, one of the judges was Andrew Boyson, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who's also a horn player, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. for example, uh, and, and has written many pieces for band and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, in, in some cases, uh, there might be a trumpet player like Tony Plug, but he's also uh-huh. a really, really great composer of yeah. international reputation. Uh, uh, Dana Wilson was one, too. Oh, yeah. uh, well, uh, well, he's written a lot of pieces for, for horn that uh, uh, Gail Williams, for example, mm-hmm. has recorded as well, too. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, the the last competition we had Margaret Brower, oh well, yeah, and uh, the one before that Elizabeth Raum, uh, the mm-hmm. Canadian composer, and and so we want to get uh, people who are composers of substance. Uh, we also want to always have somebody in there who uh, has background with the horn, right? And in some cases, there actually are horn players, but maybe <laughs> uh, uh, there are people who've a proven track record of, of writing for the horn. Uh, well, for example, the, the last competition uh, for the 2020 uh, competition, the judge was, uh, judges were Margaret Brower, who was the uh, head of the composition department at Cleveland Institute of Music for a number mm-hmm. of years. Uh, and she has some, some pieces, uh, there's a wonderful piece called Scherzoid for solo horn that Skip Sneed is, is recorded. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, another one, uh, who was on that committee was uh, Kaz Makala, uh, right. who, whose uh, concerto for horn and uh, wind ensembles made the rounds quite a bit in, in recent years, along with uh, pieces for horn quartet and, oh, and yeah. all that. And he, all he, of his arrangements and transcriptions. Yeah, he's very yes. well represented. Yeah, And, and, and currently, uh, he, he officially retired from the University of Illinois about 10 years ago. Yeah. And he went back to, to Poland uh, in his retirement, and they <laughs> said, 
has us back in town <laughs> and he put him to work <laughs> and, and now now he's busier than ever uh teaching uh students at the chopin university there in warsaw oh my goodness and and, and uh he has a new piece uh that's going to be premiered at the uh the texas uh symposium in, in august a piece oh, that's piece, i'm looking forward piece, to that yeah piece for, for solo horn uh, uh which was commissioned Actually, by another member of that judging panel, uh, Ricardo Montesinos. Uh-huh. And, of course, if anybody is aware, uh, Ricardo uh, was a winner or honorable mention for for several of our competitions running. Uh, so, so there's no question about his uh, uh, capabilities that way. And, and also, he's a, a hornist himself. And, yeah. He's so prolific, right? I don't know how he sleeps. I don't, he might not sleep. Maybe he only sleeps a couple hours a night. I mean, he's just churning out really good compositions one after the other, which is, is exciting to see. Right. So so we try to get a, a panorama that way. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're trying to find people who are, uh, you know, pro- proven track record uh, mm-hmm. as composers uh, and, and also people that uh, have – proven track record in terms of knowledge of the horn. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's good to point out at, at this point, if this has piqued any composer's interest in this, this is not limited or restricted in any way uh, by age or, or pedigree. You do not have to have been a published composer or had formal training uh, to, to participate in this contest. There is a, uh, you know, a, a submission fee just to help you know, cover the overhead of of the contest and judging and that sort of thing. But it's it's very reasonable um, as far as these things go. And so, you know, for for any composers out there who are listening to this, there's there's no reason not to submit something <laughs> to the the Horn Society's composition contest. Well, exactly, and that's why we have this anonymous setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you send in a recording uh, on um, MP3. Uh, there's there's no way you're gonna be able to tell it. Uh, it's given a random number uh, by the uh, uh, software. Mm-hmm. Submitted. Yeah, you know this. That's all the uh, committee sees is number X Y Z or whatever. Right. Uh, and yeah. and then then also uh, the the score is a PDF with all the information removed. And then mm-hmm. then there's a, a short description of the piece. Right. It, which is, you know, is good information for the judges uh, and everybody uh, involved there. But in that, there's nothing that can uh, have a name identifier in there. So, so we've had people uh, like one year, just a few years ago. Uh, one of the honorable mentions was a student from the University of Montana. Okay, a- and. Uh, it was a fine piece for a solo horn uh, and uh, was played uh, at our uh, International Horn Symposium in Brazil oh, okay. um, in I, 2017. Okay. Uh, and uh, the other piece for solo horn that was played on that same recital uh, was a piece by Ricardo Montesinos. Mm-hmm. Again, the judges didn't know who had written which piece, but one was right, right. Like, his was the winner, and then this other one was the honorable mention. But also on that same recital uh, was a piece for horn and piano by Kachia Chen, who's a 
or a composition professor at Curtis Institute of Music mm. uh, called The Silent Flame. Uh, I've seen that one. It's available on, uh, I think it was maybe published in the online music sales. My, I don't know if memory serves, but yeah, I've, I've seen that piece come across my, my inbox at some point. It's, it's an amazing piece. Yes, w- yeah. wonderful. And then that same concert included a piece, uh, a sonata for horn and piano by Arthur Gottschalk, a uh, professor okay. at uh, Rice University Shepherd School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, then just to widen this up, a uh, couple of the contests, uh, just most recently, uh, the winner of the Virtuoso Division uh, was a piece by uh, Catherine Lakuta from mm-hmm. Australia, of course, yep. who's originally from Ukraine. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a piece for solo horn uh, that uh, Peter Luff, uh, who's the uh, horn professor at the Queensland Conservatory yeah. in Brisbane, yeah. uh, had commissioned and premiered. Uh, it's a funny story behind that. Uh, I threw a shoe at a cat. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> But about three years before then, no, three years, uh, 2014, she had a piece in the Virtuoso Division for uh, Horn Ensemble called Hard to Argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she has, has these funny titles on her pieces, yeah. but it's great music. Oh, and, that's wonderful, yeah. And, and uh, uh, Peter's group from Queensland was playing on that, but also involved with the commission of that piece uh, was Adam Unsworth. That's right. Horn, horn professor from University of Michigan. So, uh, so there's a real international dimension uh, on mm-hmm. these, and uh, again, it, you get, see a certain amount of collaboration going on uh, that uh, is significant. Uh, you know, if if you uh, study some of her music, then you get an idea of the level of horn playing in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbe- some of this, some of the stuff. It's uh, very rhythmic and very intricate. But I mean, Kathy's yeah. music is always uh, engaging, and it just pulls you in. So that's yes. I'm a big yes. fan of her stuff. Yeah. So, so we've been able to, how should I say, uh, highlight the work of a lot of composers that that people might not know about. Otherwise, uh, mm-hmm. there's a piece called Horn Blot by Daniel Horth that Anamia Larson played okay. here at the International Symposium in 2009, mm. Peaceful Solo Horn. And because uh, I had asked uh, each of the guest artists, if possible, to play something by a composer from their country. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so she played this piece to represent Sweden. And, and she was on the, uh, uh, the same recital as, as Jeff Nelson, Mm-hmm. Uh, who actually played a piece by Erica Raum, a yep. Canadian yep. composer, on his. And so he came out after she had played. <laughs> of course, of course, it's sort of like, you know, uh, Anami is a tough act to follow. And, and uh, Jeff says, how about those Swedish composers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, I got a Nice laugh for, for my big, but then he played this piece by Erica Rahm, who's actually the daughter of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Rahm. yeah, yep. you know, and, and so so we had Swedish pieces and uh, Canadian pieces back to back in that that recital, and, and and that's that's another example right there of how, how the the Horn Society 
uh, is able to uh, highlight the work of composers writing for the horn. Uh, yeah, because and, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, and, and and horn players in general are are very supportive of new music. I mean, we we uh, in general we're up for a challenge. I mean, we play the hardest instrument, so <laughs> at least at least so I've been told. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're up for a challenge, and I think you know, as I said, any composers out there who are listening who may have some hesitancy or anxiety about writing for the horn, I would just say just go for it, jump in with both feet, and yes. yeah, work with a horn player, as you said, uh, and and get feedback and and listen to other great works for horn to get an idea of what the horn can and can't do. But uh, yeah, this is this is a great great contest and it's 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 such a, a wonderful tradition for the society it's going on it's what are we uh 50 some years 40 some years so well, the very first one yeah. was in 1979 yeah so over so 40 years little, yeah yeah 43 yeah <laughs> yeah and and uh at the beginning they had one every year but after about uh almost 20 years they decided to make it every two years yeah yeah. And there was a couple years in there, and uh, the whole story you can find in this book by Jeff Snedeker. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where there was changeover from uh, one administrator of the contest to another, and so mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a pause in between. Uh, and we sort of restructured it each time that that happened. Uh, right, right. Because cause each of the, the coordinators of the contest had uh, ideas but also, too, the things that changed. Uh, because I can remember right around 1989, the Horn Society's Advisory Council, we, we put together this idea of the manuscript press. Because That's right. yep. we, we found that, you know, there's some piece of, well, originally Lowell Shaw was going to publish Horn Ensemble things in there, but some of the things just didn't work out for his catalog. And right. then a couple of the other publishers, uh, Amal Dur, and Hornseth Music, I think, were the other ones, uh, just went out of business. Right. And, and so, so we had to find something else. So uh, we, we ended up uh, creating this IHS manuscript press where uh, composers like who won the composition contest uh, could get the pieces published mm-hmm. on demand uh, by uh, this office of the Horn Society. And we did that for quite a few years. And now, uh, of course, you've been involved with this now. Uh, it's gone is an online mm-hmm. publication, yep. Um, yep. and uh, that that's been very good that way too. Because uh, if a composer doesn't have another outlet for publication, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a piece that's won the competition, uh, that's a great outlet for them. Yeah, and it's uh, it's all digital. There are no print copies uh, in a warehouse or anything and it's not print on demand you you know you buy the the pdf and it gets sent directly to you um yes. the royalty agreement is very generous uh, yeah i would yeah i would encourage any any composers that have pieces with horn to submit them to the online music sales yes yeah, yeah. So, so so we've been very involved in trying to encourage new music for the horn and that's another outlet right mm-hmm. there that sort of came out of the the composition contest, uh, 
historically at least. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I just want to mention one more time for composers, uh, go to IHS.org and find the composition contest tab. It's very easy to find in the, the menu at the top of the screen and, uh, start working on your compositions. If you don't have one already, the, the deadline is in December. So yes, first is December <laughs> yeah. and, and you can submit it now if you want. We've started right, right. some already and that's, that's good because, uh, we don't want the uh, website to crash on November 30th. <laughs> that, that would, yeah, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> well, uh, Randy, thanks so much for talking with me today. It's been a real pleasure. You're very welcome. Uh, I'm very supportive of this whole project, the, the project of the Horn Society to begin with, but uh, the composition contest project is specific. Mm-hmm.